0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee & Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee & Code is your weekly rundown for the latest top tech news from around the world delivered every Wednesday. On this show, you'll find a mix of the latest news in the tech world, including privacy, infosec, startups, and more, including interviews with experts, innovators, and practical everyday tech tips to level up your life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore, that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-O-F-F-E-Y underscore, and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello, everyone. I hope you all are having a great week so far. Thank you for tuning in. I want to give a special shout out to some of our new listeners. We are now represented in not only the U.S., but also Canada, Brazil, Poland, Switzerland, Argentina, and more. So thank you all for listening. It means the world to me to have your support. And I love sharing technology with you all. So um, if you are tapped into what's going on recently, it's been a big week in the technology world. My goodness, um, what an exciting week. We had Facebook uh, Connect happened today. Uh, previously was named Oculus Connect, which they unveiled the new Oculus Quest 2 headset along with some pretty other incredible developments. Yesterday was the Apple event in which they unveiled the new Series 6 Apple Watch along with some other cool lineups. iOS 14 is now available. Um, If you have an iPhone, please back up your phone before you download iOS 14. Rule of thumb, always back up your stuff. Um, So today's episode is going to be kind of a tech roundup of all the exciting events that happened this week and what came out of them and how that affects you. So let's dive in. I'd like to start out with recapping the Facebook Connect event that happened today. Lots of amazing outcomes and really exciting innovations for VR and AR. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, Facebook Connect happens once a year. It's typically in California, but due to COVID, it is virtual. And it used to be called Oculus Connect, and it gives the company an annual opportunity to discuss the latest advances in next generation computing platforms. And Facebook has sometimes faced doubts over why a social network would invest so much time and money into a hardware project with new uncertain payoff. But um, this past summer, there were a lot of escalated tensions with Apple that have helped to make the case. Essentially, if you want to control your own destiny, you have to have your own platform. And social networks contain multitudes. On one day, you're writing about internal dissent over the company's ability to uproot influence campaigns and election interference. And the next, you're watching a live stream of the same company's foray into virtual reality and designer mixed reality glasses Um, and at a company with as many interests as facebook has different days call for different kinds of stories so for those of you who haven't been paying close attention to oculus and what the company now calls facebook reality labs some background is in order facebook isn't the only big company working on advanced headset computers Companies like Apple, Google, and Snap are also investing billions of dollars in research and development. If you take a look at the recent patent filings from these companies, it's pretty substantial. Also, their hiring practices. Um, But with the Oculus Quest, the standalone headset that Facebook introduced last year, which is an all-in-one headset, no tethering to a computer, it arguably became the market leader in VR. The company furthest along in developing a base of users and a developer platform for a standalone headset. So the Oculus Quest headset came out in May of last year, and it's pretty incredible. It's all in one. You don't need to put your phone in it. It's not tethered to a computer. Uh, The lowest price point for this was $500, so I mean, virtual reality technology has made leaps and bounds just in the past three to five years alone but the Quest headset is, is pretty substantial for removing barriers to access here. And today, Facebook announced the Quest 2, also a standalone headset, and it will be $100, che- $100 cheaper than its predecessor at a $299 price point, which is great. It is being considered the new default for VR if you're okay with Facebook. And Facebook hasn't disclosed sales numbers for the Quest, but Mark Zuckerberg said that the company has sold as many of them as the company could make. The individual who leads the company's hardware projects, Andrew Bosworth, said that the Quest 2 would represent a significant leap forward. With augmented reality, Facebook is a few steps behind Uh, Snap released the first generation of Spectacles in 2016. For those of you who don't remember those, they were glasses that integrated into your Snapchat and you could easily take snaps from the glasses without having to pull out your phone. They were sold in these little vending machines that just popped up out of nowhere, out of surprise. So a lot of cool strategy there. Um, Facebook won't have a product on the market this year, but the company says its first effort at consumer smart glasses will arrive next year. So think Google Glass, but not ahead of its time. Um, And in the meantime, it announced Project Aria, a research prototype for a full-featured augmented reality hardware that will soon be given to Facebook employees and contractors to begin testing. Taken together, the projects may represent Facebook's single biggest bet on what the future may look like. And like other projects with global ambitions, it will also invite new scrutiny over privacy, data security, content moderation, and more. Mark Zuckerberg talked about how he's using VR and how Facebook will manage privacy risks and why he doesn't want to build, quote, an Apple Watch for your face, end quote. So, Mark Zuckerberg said that VR is well on its way and that Facebook had its milestone in mind that first that they needed to get the technology to a place where you could have a standalone headset and it could be portable and it would also be high quality to do the tracking, um, hand tracking, controller tracking. So the Quest was a big milestone. And from that, an ecosystem perspective, they also believe that if we they were to get 10 million units active then that's kind of a critical magic number. So at that point, you have a self-sustaining ecosystem and the next big push would be how do they get the technology to be more accessible to more people? And a big part of that was driving it to be more affordable and making it more portable. So the $299 price point on the new Oculus 2 headset, that's you know removing a lot of barriers like I mentioned earlier. Uh, people still have this notion that these vr headsets are thousands of dollars which they definitely used to be Um, and there are high-end enterprise headsets that are in the thousands of dollars for very specific reasons with eye tracking but for the for the average consumer a 299 price point on a vr headset is is really the first of its kind especially with the quality mark zuckerberg said that it'll be challenging and people will take different approaches to getting this ecosystem to work and that the biggest shortcut that a lot of people are trying to take is to b- basically trying not to do a full full on a hologram situation in the world. And that's what he references as putting an Apple watch on your face. So definitely a jab at Apple here. He said the next thing that excites him about virtual reality and augmented reality is the feeling of presence. And if anyone that's listening has ever been in VR, you you know what, when you know what he's talking about here when it calls about presence. Um, the ability to have yourself in a virtual environment is very different than looking at a two-dimensional screen. And Mark Zuckerberg quoted that he believes that delivering a sense of presence is the thing that He cares about what other people care about. And that VR and AR are going to be the technologies that do that. VR does that by fully immersing you in a new environment. And AR, being augmented reality, brings people into your existing environments through holograms. So in his mind, he sees a future that instead of video chat, he'll be sitting on his couch. And someone else's hologram can appear on the couch next to him. Or he can hologram into your house, you know things that we see and in, in sci-fi you know is becoming more of a reality here another interesting point with the announcements today with project aria facebook will be putting cameras on people's faces and there was a big debate over the ethics of that when google glass first came out but a long time has passed since then and mark zuckerberg had some things to say about waiting into that debate again so there's a lot of issues up front here and mark zuckerberg had a quote here to address that he says one of the things that i've learned over the last several years is that you don't want to wait until you have issues to be discussing how you want to address them and not just internally having a social conversation publicly about how society thinks these things should be addressed Because those conversations take a while to work through, and with hardware development, the cycles are long. We're mapping out the hardware, and we're going to be shipping in 2024 now. So if some issues come up, it's going to be a long time before you can fully address those things. Interesting. I'm curious to see these augmented reality glasses, and very interested that... Facebook came out with their announcement today and I know Apple has been working on, you know, augmented reality project for some time. So I'm curious to see what will be announced soon from Apple's front, but it seems that Facebook is going to be first to market with a augmented reality wearable eyeglasses. In Apple's event yesterday in just over 60 minutes, they announced two new Apple watch models, two new iPads, and the details on the latest software and service releases. So first up, the Apple Watch Series 6. I pre-ordered one yesterday. I'm excited to see it. Um, I love the new infinite loop band think it's pretty innovative. Apple kicked things off with the introduction of the Apple Watch Series 6. And as reports had suggested, one of the leading features here is the addition of a new blood oxygen feature. On the watch itself, there is a new blood oxygen sensor which works through a new blood oxygen app in Watch OS 7. Apple explains that oxygen saturation represents the percentage of oxygen being carried by red blood cells from the lungs to the rest of the body and indicates how well this oxygenated blood is being delivered throughout the body. Through the blood oxygen app, you can get a reading in just 15 seconds with the Apple watch series 6. In terms of performance, the Apple Watch Series 6 is powered by Apple's new S6 processor, which is up to 20% faster than the Series 5. Apple says that the Watch Series 6 features the same 18-hour battery life as before. It also includes the U1 chip and ultra-wideband antennas for features such as car keys. And while battery life is the same, Apple says that the Series 6 charges 20% faster than the Series 5 and that workout tracking is less intensive for things like indoor and outdoor runs. The Series 6 features the same overall design as Series 5, but the always-on display is up to 2.5 times brighter than the Series 5. The Apple Watch Series 6 is also available in a new blue color as well as a product red option. The ceramic model that was available with the Series 5 has also been discontinued. The new Series 6 watch is available to order starting yesterday, starting at three ninety nine. dollars the first orders will arrive as early as Friday, but some models are already delayed until October and November. So popular models like this fancy new blue color and the product red option. Fingers crossed that I get mine in this Friday. Apple always likes to under-promise and over-deliver, which is a nice touch. Next up is the new Apple Watch SE. This serves as a lower-cost option for Apple Watch buyers, coming in at $279. The Apple Watch SE features the same physical design as the Series 4, Series 5, and Series 6. It's powered by Apple's S5 processor, which Apple says is up to two times faster than the Apple Watch Series 3. The Apple Watch SE does not feature an always on display, nor does it support ECG or blood oxygen features, but there is a support for fall detection and emergency SOS. Other features include an always on altimeter, a built in compass, the latest speaker and microphone, which are optimized for better sound quality and phone calls, along with a walkie talkie and Bluetooth 5.0. The Apple watch SC is available to order and it starts at $279. If you want the cellular option, which means you can make phone calls without having your phone nearby or with you, you can also use GPS. The Apple watch SC with cellular starts at 329, which is not bad. Apple continued its focus on the Apple watch and the fitness with the introduction of its newest subscription service, Apple Fitness Plus, which is set to rival the likes of Peloton, Apple Fitness Plus will integrate the Apple Watch and the fitness app on the iPhone. Fitness Plus costs $9.99 per month or $79.99 per year. Users can watch fitness classes hosted by Apple with health workout metrics shown over the top of the video synced from Apple Watch and then the data can be automatically saved to the health app. Alongside the introduction of Apple Fitness Plus, Apple also introduced its long-awaited bundle of services, branded as Apple One. Apple One starts at $15 per month for Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, and 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage for individuals. The family version of the plan will run $20 per month with 200 gigs of storage. And for $30 a month, you can upgrade to the premier Apple One bundle, which includes Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, 2 terabytes of iCloud storage, Apple News Plus, and Apple Fitness Plus. All the things. Based on what Apple announced yesterday, Apple One seems like a solid value for the money. Apple says individuals can save $6 per month, whereas families can save $8 a month. And moreover, the premier plan is $25 cheaper than buying all of Apple's services individually. Next up, the unveiling of the 8th generation iPad. Finally, Apple concluded, concluded at yesterday's event with a pair of announcements from the iPad lineup. First off... They detailed an all-new 329 iPad powered by the A12 Bionic processor, which is an upgrade from the previous generation's A10 processor. Apple says the A12 chip offers more than twice the performance of the top-selling Windows laptop and performance that is more than six times faster than the top-selling Android tablet and six times faster than the best-selling Chromebook. Much everything else about the new 8th generation iPad is the same, including Apple Pencil support, Smart Keyboard support, a 10.2 inch Retina display, and Smart Connector support. The 8th generation iPad keeps the same price as the 7th gen, that's $329 for general sale and $299 for education, and it's available to order from Apple.com with the first shipments arriving this Friday. Next up is the new iPad Air. As rumors had indicated, the new iPad Air is a massive update compared to its predecessor. Leading the way here is a complete redesign that heavily resembles the iPad Pro. The new iPad Air features a 10.9-inch liquid retina display with P3 wide color, True Tone, and a laminate coating. Touch ID is located in the power button, so instead of Face ID, the biometric authentication is built directly into the power button. This marks the first time Apple has expanded Touch ID outside of the home button. The 10.9-inch display of the iPad Air features a resolution of 2360 by 1640 with full elimination. In terms of performance, the device is powered by Apple's newest A14 Bionic processor, making the iPad Air the first Apple product to have it. Finally, the iPad Air features second-generation Apple Pencil support and Magic Keyboard support. This new iPad Air will be available next month, starting at a price point of $599. Okay, so let's talk about software release dates. iOS 14 was revealed along with iPadOS 14, WatchOS 7, and tvOS 14, with all of them being released today. This was a surprising announcement with many people having assumed Apple would give developers at least a week's notice. Which is interesting. Um, apparently, developers are scrambling to make their apps um, work with iOS 14. So they kind of burned their goodwill there with developers. But iOS, t- iOS 14 is live. Um, download it. Back up your stuff first. Lots of cool new widgets and features baked in. <laughs> Amazon gives Samuel L. Jackson his own Alexa wake phrase alongside a much more robust library of phrases, including more swear words. Amazon is expanding its Samuel L. Jackson voice skill for its Alexa digital assistant to include tens of thousands more phrases, including much more of the actor's iconic delivery. The company is also giving Jackson his own dedicated wake phrase, Hey Samuel! The news follows Amazon's announcement on Monday that it plans to add its next celebrity voice, Bollywood star Amitabha Bakkan from the Indian market, sometime next year. The Jackson partnership launched last December, allowing Alexa users to pay $0.99 to access the actor's voice on Echo and other Alexa-enabled devices. Since then, Amazon says consumers complained that the integration was overly burdensome because you effectively had to ask Alexa to ask for Jackson to reply to something. In addition to that, the range of questions and exchanges you could have using the Jackson skill was limited, mostly because Amazon recorded only a small number of words using the actor's real voice and relied on artificial intelligence to expand the library. When gathering feedback, Amazon says most owners of the skill, nearly 75% of which had expletives turned on, requested a more candid, off-the-cuff Jackson than was currently available to Alexa. Now, in today's updates, Jackson's Alexa integration will feature around 30,000 more phrases, including five times the swear words, and you can activate the voice by just saying, hey, Samuel, a feature that provided to be a incredibly hard engineering challenge. Amazon says it needed to upgrade the on-device wake word detector to enable. Some examples include Jackson saying, look at that hot ball of gas and fire. No, don't actually look when asking about the weather and why do Jedis always burn their pancakes? They never turn to the dark side. If you ask for a joke, this is interesting. And apparently Jackson now offers a touching response when asked what he's up to in which he'll respond. He's thinking about the late Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman. There are other topical responses regarding Jackson's future work, like one mentioning his upcoming Quibi animated show with Ryan Reynolds called Father Mucka. Sony has provided more details about the upcoming PlayStation 5. During their showcase event today, the company explained what you can expect in terms of a PS5 release date and price. The PlayStation 5 is $500 and the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition is $400 and both are launching November 12th in the U.S. More regions will follow November 19th, and Sony is planning to open up pre-orders starting tomorrow at select retailers. The pricing is similar around the world. Eurozone countries will pay 500 euros, the U.K. will pay 450 British pounds, and Japan will pay 49,980 Japanese yen. That November 12th date applies to US, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea. The rest of the world will get it the following week. PlayStation 5 is Sony's console for the future. It uses a powerful AMD Zen 2 processor and Radeon RDA 2 graphics card. But Sony Interactive Entertainment is focusing a lot of its efforts on the design of the PS5 architecture. That starts with a super fast solid state drive that can stream data across what we can only describe as fat pipes. This is going to minimize loading times, but it's also going to lead to new kinds of games that rely on massive amounts of assets to pull from storage on the fly. In June, Sony detailed the games coming to the PS5 as well as the hardware itself. The publisher showed off the next-gen stunners like Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Horizon Forbidden West. It also surprised fans with new Spider-Man, but SIE didn't give fans much to look forward to when the system launches this holiday. Over at Microsoft, the Xbox Series X and Series S which has no disk drive, are launching November 10th for $500 and $300, respectively. So, interesting consoles coming out for the holiday season. It's time for your weekly tech tip. So today's tech tip has to do with iOS 14. So if you have an iPhone and you have not yet updated to iOS 14, make sure you back up your device first and then update. But this tip has to do with a new built-in native app called Translate. There have been a lot of Translate apps on the market that have been third party, um, but this one is made by Apple specifically now. It will show up on your home screen after you download iOS 14. And what's great about this new Translate is you can have conversation mode, which allows you to have conversations easily with live translation. On device mode, which allows you to download languages to translate entirely on your device without an internet connection. And you can mark and save phrases for quick access and to view recent translation history. So what's really cool here is I can type in something and and let's say, for example, I'm going to type in, um, where is the nearest bathroom? question mark. And once I do this, it automatically translates into the language of my choosing. And for this example, it's going to be Spanish. If I turn my phone horizontally, it expands that text that way the person that I'm talking to can see the text displayed. There is a microphone button at the very bottom that I can enable to basically have live translation so this is really great especially to help bridge the gap um in 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 translations Um, there are a lot of a lot of languages available here there's arabic chinese english french german italian japanese korean portuguese russian and uh spanish which is you know a lot a lot of great great languages here and they're constantly working on adding more but that's a good batch to start off with I wish this was around when um, I traveled abroad for for school to Italy and I was using a physical book for translations which was exciting but also a little frustrating at times this would have been very helpful but that is my tech tip for you today download iOS 14 get familiar with it and use the translate app Before I leave you today, I would like to give a special thank you to Just Good Coffee Company, the official coffee partner of Coffee and Code. Just Good Coffee offers a carefully crafted selection of coffee from some of the most revered coffee producing regions around the world. Their commitment to offering exceptionally good experiences extends beyond just the products themselves, but extends well into the community, which is awesome. Their mission is simple, to offer good coffee and coffee for good. From cup to community that is the sole purpose of just good coffee be sure to check out their newest culture collection these blends are carefully crafted and roasted to perfection each with origins from within the great continent of africa you can find them at justgoodcoffee.co i am personally a huge fan of this coffee it tastes so good Um, I drink it while I'm recording this, and um, nothing but good things to say about this coffee company. Shout out to my friend, Ray. Thank you so much, and thank you all for listening. And be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes of Coffee and Code go live.